Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week are GFFN writers, Philip Bargio, and we'll be later joined by Lucas Mirani. Whoever said that Ligue 1 was a one-horse race, as Paris Saint-Germain are facing a real test of character even this early on in the season? Are the wheels already falling off? Is anyone taking advantage? All this and more after the latest headlines. Toulouse kicked off the league on weekend with a shock 2-0 win over the 10 men of champions Paris Saint-Germain. Jan Bourdieu scored from the spot after Serge Aurier saw his second yellow card and Jimmy Dermas sealed the victory with 10 minutes remaining. The result lifts Le TFC above Paris Saint-Germain into third place. The early game on Saturday saw another shock result as Lorient triumphed over Lyon. A Jimmy Cabo strike in the second half earned the hosts a 1-0 win, who will also have goalkeeper Benjamin Lecomte to thank for his heroics, heroics in keeping Loel at bay. Monaco came from behind to win 2-1 at Angers, um, who had a goal disallowed just after half-time. Faramad Diedu gave Stefan Moulin's side the lead, but a Camoglick header and an own goal from Dixon Wakembe uh, kept the Principality in second place. Nice sneaked a 1-0 win away at Nancy thanks to an Alassane player strike to stay in top spot, while Saint-Étienne pulled apart a 10-man Lille 3-1 after Frank Berrier was sent off for two yellow cards, the second coming from a handball on the halfway line. Uh, SC Bastia won 1-0 against Gangomp at the Furiani, with both sides finishing with 10 men. Marcel was sent off for the visitors for two bookable offences before Enzo Crivelli scored the only goal, only for the French under-21 international to see red himself three minutes later. Dijon claimed another victory at home with a comfortable 3-0 win against Rennes, thanks to a double from last season's top scorer, Luis uh, Dione. With Jordan Mary with a Jordan Mary strike sandwiched in between, while Metz beat Montpellier thanks to a penalty from joint top league and scorer Mevel Turding. Con and Bordeaux played out a scoreless draw uh, earlier in the multiplex and in Sunday's late game, a first Marseille goal for Clinton Ngi and a Bafatimbi Gomis penalty cancelled out Emiliano Salas' early finish to hand Loem a two-one win over Nantes. In Ligue 2, Amiens are still top of, uh, have moved into top position after a 1-0 win over Orléans in Friday, but a winner in tonight's fixture between Brest and Reims would see either of those sides top the table over the surprise current frontrunners. In off-the-field news, uh, Serge Aurier has been handed a two-month jail sentence for assaulting a police officer. The Ivorian will not serve any prison time as the nature of the sentencing is flexible and he will be available for Paris Saint-Germain's Champions League game against Ludogorets on Wednesday. The right-back is appealing that decision. And that's all for the news. But to keep up to date with all the latest happenings in French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this evening with the current leaders, OGC Nice. A great win over Monaco in midweek was followed up by a somewhat fortuitous victory at Nancy. But, Philip, my opening question to you is, what has been the key to their success so far? Um, I would say the um, the formation. So everybody's going to obviously talk about Balotelli. I'm not going to uh, um, 
rant about too much about their win at uh, at Nancy, which was uh, yesterday, one 0 win. Uh, Alassane Plier was um, was a Gansi mark, but that win against Monaco really is telling of, of uh, the job that uh, Lucien Favre um, has done, and has actually picked up from where uh, from where Puel left off, because Puel was quite tactically flexible last season with uh, this. Uh, uh, four four diamond shaped uh, four four two or four three uh, four three one two with uh, with Benarfa operating uh, behind the two strikers and so you you had those players that were uh, quite quite flexible to play and interchanging sometimes they played with three at the back this season the three at the back is um, mandatory um, with uh, you have uh, the young uh, Malangsa who's uh, not a professional player yet but uh, playing extremely well. You've got Dante, who was signed from uh, from Wolfsburg, and I'm, I've just been extremely impressed, yes, by Balotelli, but the uh, the, the midfield, both swingers, Ricardo Pereira on the right, Dalbert, who's not a um, spectacular player, but uh, he he just uh, he just delivers, and um, of course, every every single member of this midfield five has to has to work quite hard for it to um, to uh, to work. And when you have a player like Balotelli, we—I mean, let's be honest, Nathan. Neither you and I, or or Eric, I think it was uh, during during the show, were 100% positive and optimistic about Balotelli coming to Nice. Uh, he has really shown uh, that he is a class above. If you haven't seen his uh, his first goal against Monaco, it's it really is impressive how he takes the ball from the from the wing, does not watch where the goal is or where. Uh, Subasic from Monaco goalkeeper is and just puts it in the only place where he can score a goal. It, it is absolutely um, amazing how uh, he, he just does not he just sees where 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 the goal is and in, on top of that you've got uh, you've got Younes Belanda who is coming back he's uh, he won the league back in 2011 with Montpellier he strangely leaves for Dynamo Kiev where nobody really he uh, hears about him three years come back has a loan spell at Schalke doesn't really work out Schalke are not uh, are in the transitional period and now he's back he's not quite to, uh, up to fitness he's getting there and uh, he's uh, he's um, he's just giving uh, the balls that back by Otelli uh, uh, needs so it, it does resemble sometimes a 3-5-1-1 if Belanda takes players place which nobody really wants because player Balotelli play quite well uh, together so in that in that respect, you've got a uh, good goalkeeper Cardinal Zubaxui starting to uh, to form a real understanding understanding between themselves. Midfield five all playing well. Balotelli up front in case uh, Nisa are struggling to uh, to actually uh, put the ball in the back of the net. But it, it it's just it's just working, and I think it's um, it's it's tremendous to see them top of the table uh, at this stage of the season because I'm I'm always quite. Uh, Pessimistic about uh, those uh, French sides who uh, are not accustomed to of being in Europe, but uh, and when they are, they just say, "Well, we don't want to play in Europe," which is actually what what is what is happening, but uh, are also not playing very well in the league. Now, Nice didn't play very well against Schalke, or but to, to me, this is more uh, the, the the point that Schalke are better teams than Nice. Um, even though they still haven't gained a single point in the Bundesliga this season. But uh, Nice are playing very well in the league. So long may it continue. 
Yeah, and, and you've already mentioned a couple of bits there where their transfers have been really, really successful in that window. I mean, they we questioned the one of Balotelli and he's got four in two. He was rested at the weekend and Alisson player ended up scoring the winning goal, which shows you the versatility they have. I mean, Belonda has looked better and better the more games he's played. Yeah. He's a super assist for that second, for Balotelli's first against Monaco. We've already mentioned it in the uh, preview show with Eric. He was... He was really starting to find those goals that we remember him scoring, especially that first one where he really sneaks it into the corner. And Dante's been been relatively solid as well. That back three of him, uh, I've been really impressed with Malang Sari's fitting really nicely for such a young player. And Mm. uh, Paul Bice has even popped up with a couple of goals himself now. But it's it's, it's just those, those little bits are working together, aren't they? And making while other teams are stumbling at the moment, they just seem to be a cohesive unit. Yeah, and I really do hope that, uh, and I, I really um, almost convinced that Malang Sa will get his uh, professional contract in the next few uh, in the next few weeks or maybe maybe a couple of months, give or take. You've got uh, Valentin Esuric on, on the bench, which is um, who is um, who is very good um, as well. I mean, the squad the squad is quite. Um, it really is okay. You've got um, Whiteheads like uh, like Mathieu Bonmer coming off the coming off the bench, um, but uh, my what what I would like to to know is what uh, Lucien Favre plans to do with Nice in Europe. It doesn't. It didn't seem to me. I mean, yes, they were beaten beaten by a better Schalke side or was a, a side that performed better than them on the night. But uh, they didn't seem actually quite uh, quite bothered. I mean, they did they did try a bit in the second half, but uh, it really did seem like they were playing for the nil nil, and that Fav was being your typical one of the mill manager playing the league. And uh, if they can go find Europe, then they'll go find Europe. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure the the club's um, uh, understanding is okay. We'll do our best in Europe, but if we get knocked out of the group stage. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, which that, is a bit, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, that yeah, that was the strange attitude, wasn't it? On that in that Schalke game, they did, never yeah. really looked like they were really going for anything. And in the end, the class of the German side, who have got a lot of talent, um, mm. really shone through. And it, like you mentioned, it's then Favre's decisions of whether he does stick or twist now and try and play on two fronts because they don't have the deep enough squad to 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 really go far in the Europa League, would you think? And and really, they're especially not to maintain a challenge for a Liga. Would you twist? Because I wouldn't. No. Because you're top of the league, seven games in, you're playing great football in the league, and um, you're going to throw that all the way just to play a couple of extra games uh, in February and March, where uh, the players will most likely be knackered. Mm. So if I, if, I, if I was Lucien Favre, uh, I'd probably not... Uh, not uh, not play one hundred percent in the Europa League because you know we're talking about a side that has genuine chance of of making the top three, which is amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, Nice are one of those sides once every five years they have a, a good ish season. Uh, this now now they're top and uh, with PSG not playing very well, they just beat Monaco four nil, which you know sends some kind of a message. Um, yeah, it yeah. uh, just just shows just shows how uh, promising this all is. Hey, Lucas. Yeah. Hi, sorry yeah. for the delay. 
That's okay. No it, it, it's a good time to join us, Lucas. As we're still we're still on Nice, and I, I don't want you obviously are managing to watch them every week for the for the GFFN at the moment. How how have you been impressed by their start to the season? And more importantly, can they keep it going? Well, that's a good question because actually, against Nancy, I was very impressed, not because of their performance, but because the the real measure of the best teams is that even when they don't play well, they get the three points. And I thought it was not a great performance, but they were able to rotate their team and rest a couple players and still come away with the three points. And I think that's a great, great indicator for the future. And I do think they can challenge for the top three this season because of their strength and depth. And we were just mentioning there as well with with Philip, with the Europa League still on that slate as well. Can they really fight on two fronts with this kind of squad, or do you think they should try and focus with the position they're at the moment and with others stumbling? Should the league be their complete focus at this moment in time? I don't think so, because I think the Europa League, there's nothing like Europe for the fans, and I think fans love a European run. And not only that, I think they have enough depth to be able to challenge on two fronts. And if, real quick, I'll give you an example, is... Mario Balotelli has obviously been a huge part of their recent success, but someone who's been a bit underrated is Alessandro Plea, and he scored six goals last season, and he's already got three this season. And I think him having a better season and kind of stepping up into that role could be a huge, huge benefit to Nice as they try and challenge on two fronts. Mm. Do, you reckon, do you reckon Nice can get out of the group stage? It is quite a tough group. With Schalke and uh, Red Bull. It's a very tough group, and they were very poor against Schalke, and it was they did not play well. Um, mm. They have to improve if they want to get out of the group. I think they can. I think for them, a realistic goal in Europe would be the round of 16. Because we were, we were just talking about this with, uh, with, with Nathan. Well, we thought Nice were actually quite complacent. Like, uh, if, if uh, the result was not three points against Schalke, it didn't really matter. It was some kind of uh, some kind of uh, very uh, very def- defensive and uh, not not particularly uh, not particularly adventurous uh, approach uh, towards towards that game. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if Favre is going is going to keep that same approach for the for the other games or or anything. But uh, yeah, well, what, what what do you make of uh, the whole approach towards Europa League? Well. Favre is a very tactically competent coach, so I assume that he had a genuine reason for playing such a defensive mindset against Schalke, but it obviously didn't work because they were very poor, and Mm. I thought one of the main problems was that the wingbacks were being overlapped constantly because I think Schalke were playing wingers and their their fullbacks were overlapping, and it meant that Nice's wingbacks could never get forward, and it was leaving Mm. their midfield isolated and Schalke it was just never ending pressure and they were never ever to um never ever they could they couldn't get out of that pressure and you know get a sustained spell of possession so it did surprise me i think belhanda will be a huge um a huge bonus in europe with his creativity and being able to unlock defenses so i expect favre to change the approach against krasnodar and if he doesn't, I think we can expect another poor performance. 
and and you've, you sorry to cut you off, Philip, but uh, to, just to mention no. one one player that you've already mentioned, Alisson, player who's played much better than he has last season, and, and thankfully injuries aren't as much of an issue. It seems hopefully that continues. But another player that's sort of gone under the radar, and, and to sort of bookend our talk about nieces, I always think a good team needs a good goalkeeper, and and at the moment, Johan Cardinal's mm. really playing out of his skin, isn't he, Lucas? Oh, he's been brilliant, and I think it. It was you've got to get a lot of, a lot of credit to Claude Puel last season for bringing in such an experienced keeper and having the faith in him to put him in and replace the starting goalkeeper, and he's been brilliant. He was brilliant last season, and this season has been incredible. And I think deserves to get called up to the French national team. Mm, that's a big call, <laughs> and he, like I say, he's 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 really, especially in that game against Monaco, with so many times he really stopped them from trying to pull up, get a foothold in that game where they really dominated. But well done to Nice, super start. Can they keep it going? Yeah, well, <laughs> looking at some teams around them, in the big shock of the weekend came on Friday evening as ten man Paris Saint Germain fell to Toulouse two 0 Philip. Was yeah. that red card for Ori the big turning point, or did PSG not really do enough beforehand? to really get a result in this game? Um, I think it was a bit as a big turning point. Maybe um, maybe PSG could have, could have done something a bit more up front um, to uh, worry uh, Lafon and uh, Cavani. So Lafon had a, Lafon is a, a Toulouse goalkeeper. He, he pulled up some amazing stops. But uh, those are the stops um, that you are expected to make against a player that is not in form. Now, Cavani, it's a bit, it's a bit strange saying this, but I don't think he's uh, he's particularly uh, confident in in what he in what he does, it's, uh, despite um, scoring four goals in 20 minutes against Cole last uh, last week. But uh, the, the first chance he has is basically an empty net, and uh, it's it's more miraculous than uh, than. You know, and talent that uh, enables the ball not to go in, into into the net. But it's just it's just a it's just typical of Cavani to not score that type that type of uh, of chances. Um, going on the sending off, uh, Serge Aurier, I thought the first booking was harsh, uh, but um, but he does need need to learn not to play with his with his hands and his arms. I mean, he he's an extremely strong uh, strong guy. Um, but he really does uh, does need to, you know, learn that uh, football is basically played with with your feet. And uh, when he goes in like that, so he he basically gives a chance to the referee to caution him, and and he did for the penalty, no question. And then uh, it was just uh, complete, uh, yeah, complete chaos. Double du- double punishment. So Peugeot down to ten men, penalty one nil down. Uh, Duprat with a very uh, energetic, um, energetic setup um, in a in a in a four. Actually, it was a, it was a four four two, but it, it transformed itself in a four in a in a in a five three two with uh, the um, positioning of uh, Ishia Gasila on the on the left hand side. It uh, you know you just didn't fancy Piaget to uh, to uh, to equalize, and then one of the strangest decisions. Um, Unai decides to replace Matuidi with with Mata. I think it was, uh, I think it was Matuidi who who went off, yeah. and then Mata should have been sent off. He doesn't. I'm pretty sure that he would have been sent off had Pigeon not been down to ten men. 
and then he just uh, carelessly gives the ball away to Diomaz, uh, uh, who makes it two. And you just think, yeah, well, it's deserved for Toulouse. It's completely 100% deserved for Toulouse, and PSG didn't do didn't do enough to uh, take something from from that game. And so, from from a quite negative approach, um, Toulouse managed to get the three points against the champions, who are extremely fragile at the moment. Yeah, and it's a massive result for Toulouse as well. But uh, I, I do want to mention, Lucas, we've mentioned at times Edison Cavani and, and his struggles up front, but I did want to talk about another player who's maybe not been as lightning as he can be, and that's Angel Di Maria. Um, is it's the, terrible. It, yeah, do, do you think he's not really putting in the same kind of effort and, and he's not having the same kind of link-up play as he had last season? I do, because um, Di Maria is obviously a hugely talented player, but we've seen this before where at Manchester United, when he goes through a dry spell, he is extremely poor. And I think he has not started the season well. And I think if he had started the season on form, PSG would not be in the spot they are now because on his day, he can change the game in an instant. And I, I haven't seen that type of quality from him. Philip, what are your thoughts on the Argentine? I mean, some may say that um, obviously playing in the Copa America and coming back obviously tire, would tire him out a little bit, but he's, there's been really diminishing returns. I mean, he's had two assists so far this season that were both in that game against Mets, but other than that, he's not really created that spark that he can. Yeah, he. Um, so basically, for a random player, he's uh, he's okay, uh, but uh, we all know that uh, Di Maria is not. Um, random player and uh, that uh, he is expected to take the ball um, and um, see the movements of players such as uh, Lucas or <coughs> Cavani um, to uh, to try and you know create something uh, decent and he just doesn't do that it really does it does feel like uh, like Lucas said back in his uh, Manchester United days where he does have this uh, glimpse of, uh, of class as uh, a controls he makes absolutely uh, wonderful but um, it just it just seems to uh, to be that kind of player where every, when when the whole team is playing well and winning, he can do amazing stuff uh, like we saw last season against Angers. I think it was some absolutely fantastic uh, fantastic piece of football. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure he's a type of personality you would want uh, when things aren't going to plan and where players really need have to dig deep to get uh, a goal or three points or qualification or something like that. Uh, he's, I just don't think, I just don't think he's that kind of player. I mean, you could, you could probably back me up, Nathan, uh, you being a Man United fan, uh, that in that, I, I'm, I haven't, I don't see uh, that in, in the guy. And this is the first time, I mean, this is, this is the first time in a very, very long time that PSG uh, have not had it all served on a plate for them. And um, you can see that a lot of the players are actually not, um, not, you know, not ready to put their hands in the dirt and uh, and do um, and and do the job. And I think I think Dimitri is a culprit in chief, and he's made a, cul a culprit in chief because of his uh, technical talent. But when it comes down to it, I I don't think he's the type of guy that really needs to be hold upon to um, to uh, get yourself out of a mess. I mean, maybe you have some examples when he was at Man United, but it's 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 uh, it's what what I'm feeling having watched him for a couple of years. 
there, there were moments where he seemed a bit lethargic, but I always err on the side of defending Di Maria slightly because it, it, there was an incident, obviously, where his house was bro- house was broken into with his wife and small child, and those kind of incidents in a foreign country in a new place can can affect you. And Louis Van Gaal's tactics were stifling, but there, there is that feeling there that maybe when the chips are down, he's not the kind of player to to pull them up, but. Uh, we're just going slightly off the field, but still with Paris Saint-Germain now, and that's Serge Aurier, who we mentioned in the news has been arrested, well, was handed a two-month jail sentence that will be suspended because um, he won't be serving any jail time until the end of the appeal and or whether how French sentencing works. I'm not 100% clear on my French law, but... Uh, Neither am I. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anyone is at the moment. A jail sentence usually means prison time for me. But anyway, um, Lucas, I wanted to chat to you about this. This is his fourth incident in the last um, in, in the last year or so. The other three being um, being found guilty of driving without a license. Is is the Ivorian starting to become maybe a liability and, and maybe a PR nightmare at Paris Saint Germain? Well, I think from a PR perspective, he's obviously. A- a nightmare for PSG because no one wants their players to be, you know, no matter, it doesn't matter if he doesn't serve the two months in prison. It's the fact that he was sentenced to the two months, which does not shine a good light on the club. And I think it's his, his, he's a fantastic player. And he's, when he's against Arsenal, he was fantastic. And when he's on his day, he's a superb player, but his attitude has let him down. And I think he's still young, but he's getting to the age where he needs to either fulfill his potential and clean up or clean up his act in a way, or maybe PSG need to look at it and say, maybe it's best if we part ways with Aurier. Yeah, and it circles back to that chat we had last season, Philip, about the uh, the strange periscope incident with uh, Laurent Blanc, and it's another time that Ori is in the headlines for the wrong reasons. And at the moment, an own goal last weekend, a, 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 a red card in this game as well. They all start adding up to a point where, yes, he's a fabulous player, but is he is he maybe better served elsewhere? I mean, they've got Mounier in now as well as a possible replacement. The thing is, is this incident um, is is related to something that happened before uh, before this season. Now he hasn't uh, played that badly this season. It's just that he has been doing uh, stupid things. Why PSG? Why or he is still a PSG player? Is uh, that he's still one of the best right backs uh, in Ligue 1, possibly possibly in Europe? And I reckon uh, the PSG owners would hate um, would hate to sell him for, to someone like uh, Bayern Munich um, uh, who would make uh, Aurier a very uh, a complete player. I mean, he's, he's already a, a very, very good player. Um, maybe more going forward than, than defensively, but uh, he's, still, he's still very, very much a prized, a prized asset. And um, I, think, I think clubs would still want to pay a hefty sum for, for that guy. But... Um, yeah, that's that's a big that's a PSG's conundrum. I mean, they have a player who has done some stupid things, and I do I do believe that uh, his off pitch antics are over. I um, I reckon that um, the uh, red cards or the own goals he is scoring will uh, make him a better player um, eventually, uh, and especially defensively because going forward he is he is very very good. Um, 
but however, I really do, uh, I really do feel uh, that he he was he was honest in his apology to Laurent Blanc when uh, he basically said that he was not a good manager and that uh, he uh, he basically owned him at anything anything compared to uh, anything that touched football. Um, but uh, yeah, there's still that uh, on pitch on pitch on pitch sorry problem uh, that he has to uh, he has to uh, address. So I think uh, I, I think it'll be okay in the long run, but it is it is a very very uh, those are very trying times for for Serge Aurier. Is this last chance saloon for him, Philip? Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. It's, it's no. I, I just don't see PSG saying, "Okay, you, we we're going to sack you, you out," because PSG will want a solid thirty to forty million euro uh, to uh, to uh, to part companies with him. I mean, he is he is very very good. This is that's that's the problem. That's the problem. Um, and what? Yeah. Uh, um, maybe if he does a, another very stupid thing off the pitch. But uh, th- this is this is coming back from last season. He's coming back from last season, and uh, you know, yeah, this uh, uh, law system uh, in France, just like everywhere else, takes takes time. But uh, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't see, I don't see all his future page actually threatened. Um, in, um, you know, um, I'm not sure if uh, that makes much sense, but uh, you know, that's uh, where, when you have such a good player, you you just try and make make it happen. Mm. So try and make it happen, even though, even though you know, when when you look at all his performance, I mean, why PSG didn't didn't progress against Manchester City was partly down to him. But uh, you know, Blond did, did play him and. Unai is playing him, and Unai is not playing every. Uh, yes, there's one player in particular that Unai is not playing, who is very, very good. But you know, he keeps playing. Uh, he, he, he'll probably keep playing all year because he's the best, best right back PSG have, and had last season. This is, um, yeah, it's it's a very complicated uh, situation, and the the owners and the manager uh, must, you know, pray that uh, they they have some they uh, that he doesn't do anything stupid. And if he does, yeah, Munier will step in. Mm. Uh, we haven't seen much of of Munier, to be honest, to, to in order to evaluate if he is better or worse or far or close uh, to uh, or his or his level. Mm. Sure, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's fine. He's, he's been he's been fine. The the small the small excerpts um, I've seen I've seen him play anyway. It's almost like talent can cover over any issues, isn't it? It's, it as it always seems to be. But I'm going to leave the final word for for Toulouse, um, Lucas, and they've had a really good start to the season, haven't they? They have had an incredible start to the season, and I think it's. I think I was. I'm going to be honest. I was very worried for them at the beginning of this season because they'd lost Ben Yedder, and I thought. I didn't think they would be relegated, but I did think they would be fighting against relegation. And to be fair to them, they've been superb, and Martin Brethwaite has really stepped into the role and become their talisman. But the whole team has performed very well, and I think that's huge credit to Pascal Dupraz for his brilliant leadership of them. Yeah, he's really inspired them. And if if you if you want to see a really good save, watch that Alban Lafont save from Cavani. It's very close range, but he moves his right leg just to save it. It's, it beggars belief that that stayed out for a moment. I had to watch it two or three times. It's a very very good save, and and credit to him and, and another exciting young goalkeeper in league. Aren't you? Where do they come from? Um, another team that didn't jump on PSG's loss were Leon, who again 
were beaten 1-0 at Lorient. Um, Philip, can they afford to keep slipping up at the early parts of the season? Um, I'm not sure they have, um, sh- shall we say, the right, uh, the right mentality to, 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 be, to be up there. I think they show uh, glimpses of uh, being, uh, being quite good, but uh, the, uh, the, they're so um, weak at the, at the back um, I'm not. I mean, they did. They, they did destroy Montpellier um, five-one in midweek, but uh, this this result. I mean, I'm not sure about you, uh, about you guys, but this this result partly doesn't surprise me, um, given given the the new the new formation, the lack of of uh, of uh, shall we say established players. Uh, on the pitch, it it just uh, it just doesn't feel like unbeatable Lyon who are going to pounce on Page's uh, weaknesses. It just it just the whole the whole um, the whole setup looks just too too fragile to uh, keep going. And a couple of a couple of away defeats here and there is really nothing nothing su- nothing surprising. I mean they don't have uh, without like I said they really don't have uh, don't have much. I um, I seem to recall Eric saying that uh, the, uh, the the defending is uh, is not performant uh, with uh, Raphael and um, and Nkulu, Morel not having a pretty great start to uh, to the season. Maybe yeah, maybe um, they had a bit turned on the Champions League uh, against Seville. That's going to be on tomorrow evening. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's it's just I, I don't I don't see them as uh, being automatically second place, especially if Lacazette is going to miss uh, parts of the season just like he is. Yeah, and you mentioned that defence already, and that oh god, it's it's really hard to watch them sometimes. I mean, the 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 Lorient goal comes from a, a simple cross from Bartelme and. Uh, I'm watching the replay. It, the ball comes out from an initial shot and it's deflected out back again. And Jimmy Cabo does what any good winger does and sees that there might be an opportunity, starts running into the box and getting himself into an area. Jeremy Morel does not look over at one point, simply looks over his shoulder for a brief glimpse of where Jimmy Cabo is and doesn't look again, doesn't change his position, doesn't move. Cabo scores. It's frankly astonishing. And near, and near the end of the game, again, Yang and Beam were, and uh, although I thought my manner was okay, but Yang and Beam's positioning was awful at times. He kept <laughs> dropping too too far back. And, and your favourite player? It was <laughs> it, first. It was Benjamin Mukanjo getting between the two of them because Yang and Beam was too far back, and then Maji Waris does it, and they should have scored two or three. Yes, I think Benjamin Leconte had a super game, and I thought um, thought that. On another day, another game, Leon would probably wouldn't have lost this. And and I, I, I do want to mention it. And Lucas, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Nabil Fakir really looked like the level Fakir we remember. If he can return to that kind of form, how important is he to Leon? I think he's hugely important to Leon because we saw last season that obviously Lacazette is going to play when he's fit, but when he's not fit. They didn't have a striker to step into his position and ease his burden in a way. And Fakir and Lacazette, when they play together, are beautiful to watch. And I think Fakir will become hugely important for Lyon if Lacazette does miss parts of the season because he can slot in as you know as a striker and as an attacking midfielder. And he can 
control the game, and he's a wonderful player to watch. Yeah, and he's, you could see at moments those little close ball controls and those little turns that he would do that when we saw him return at the start of the season weren't quite there. It didn't seem like it was there. And now he's had that little layoff to, to fix a little bit extra in his knee. He seems a little bit fitter, a little bit sharper. It's good to see, but it's still Leon losing at the same time, Philip. And they switched. You mentioned that they must have had that severe game in mind, but they switched from that three-five-two that got them... A result in Europe, it gave mm. them, although it was a, a strange game against Marseille in truth, they won against Toulouse with that formation and then they switched back to the flat back four against Lorient. Can you make sense of that decision? I mean, Cornet didn't start and Valbuena started instead. There was Gazar was on the bench, so they didn't try him either. It seemed a little disjointed. Can you make sense of them trying to change what was work, what seemed to be at least working for them? Not really. Uh, the only um, the only um, reason I can I can think of is um, Westing players for um, that game uh, against uh, against Seville. To, to be honest, Lyon uh, strike me as a side that is um, not uh, not particularly uh, confident in uh, in its uh, uh, tactic, tactical positioning. Um, Shall we say? I I don't feel like Genesio is is more uh, more confident of what he's doing than uh, Lucien Favre, for for instance, which you know can be understandable given the different uh, different levels of uh, of experience, etc. Uh, etc. Et um, so yeah, apart apart from that, I, I'm not uh, I'm not quite uh, not quite sure why he did revert to uh, to a back four, and uh, hopefully does not uh, he he does not try something new against uh, against Seville. I mean, it is quite important for Lyon not to uh, not to lose that game. It's it's a it's a very big game if they want to uh, be in um, in contention for. Uh, the top two, because as we see it, I mean, we are, um, we're not Serie A experts or La Liga experts. As we see it, it would be uh, quite uh, a bit of a success for Lyon to get through the group stage. It would be great for French football. Um, um, but we, we, are, we, I mean, I don't know about, about you guys, but I'm, I'm expecting Monaco to do better in the Champions League than, than Lyon, which is, uh, which is a bit ironic given, given that uh, Lyon finished above Monaco when the Monaco had to go through uh, a playoff game. So yeah, I'm not particularly optimistic for tomorrow evening. No, in the severe uh, look of a tidy side under Jorge Sampaoli, yeah. they they've started the season really decently. But um, and uh, finally on Leon Lucas, I, I wanted to ask you: it's been a couple of awkward results to start the season, and is Bruno Genesio under pressure already, really, to start making them a little bit better, especially with Paris Saint Germain also slipping up? I don't think so, but I think if Lyon continue to lose games, that he will very quickly find himself in an awkward position because I think he's earned himself the time to adjust Lyon and to try and fix their problems because last season they were brilliant in the last the second half of the season, I thought, under his leadership. And I do think, though, for a club like Lyon, it's a nightmare situation for them to be playing catch-up the whole season in Liga, and I think that's not something they want to be doing, and they definitely need to turn this form around quickly if Bruno Genesio wants to stay in the Lyon job. Yeah, that, that seat is certainly warming up slowly, as is possibly <laughs> Emery's at, at Paris Saint-Germain, but I'll leave the final word on this game for, for Lorient, Philippe, and a couple of weeks ago we were singling the doom, they couldn't score goals, they couldn't keep them out. 
two games later, two one nil wins, and uh, <laughs> magic has been restored, has it? <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of um, they, they really got a bad rep uh, from uh, that um, bad start to the season, but uh, t- to me, they did uh, they did manage to uh, pull out uh, two. Crew is a bit uh, is a bit of an overstatement, really. But uh, to me, signing uh, Michael Siani, uh, who used to play for them, used to be very good. He's actually a France international, and Arnold Mwemba, who uh, whose last good game uh, for in his career was actually for Lorient, which was probably five years ago, uh, is uh, is great. Um, we all agreed that Lorient will be in or around the um, the bottom three. And, but I think with these two players, Siani at the back and Brembo in midfield, I mean, they've got the experience and I think they'll grab uh, points that they need to stay up uh, with that type, of, that type of player. Beating Lyon is absolutely massive for them. It's unexpected. It's a, it's a big surprise for basically, I mean, all of us. I, didn't, I, I, uh, I expected uh, Lyon to win. I hope they, they would win in order to, to uh, be confident for their Champions League match, but uh, you know sometimes things don't go uh, the way uh, the way you want them to to go. Um, so yeah, I think I think they'll be they'll be okay. They'll they'll struggle. I mean uh, they don't have a world class squad or anything, but um, I think they're they're up for a fight. So I'm not yeah I'm not particularly particularly worried. I'm worried for not though. Hmm. But that's, that's for another. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get those on to those in a moment. But uh, talk to, uh, I, I'm, I will give Laurent some credit. I've been harsh on them in recent weeks and, and word that they might slump quite harshly. But Ripoll's made the changes. He's decided that he can't really play Mukanjo and Waris together. That was a good decision because that 4-5-1 with Bartelme and Cabo out wide, they worked really well together. The midfield was much more solid. But credit to as well to Benjamin Lecomte, who I've not been particularly impressed with the start of the season. I think he let in a couple of weak goals and he really came to the fore in this one. He, he had a real duel with Nabo Fakir and kept him at bay. Had some super-duper saves and they need someone like him to step up with. A relatively, un, They're slowly getting slightly better, this defence. They're still not perfect and they're still not humming, but they're getting better. And with a good goalkeeper behind him, that always helps. So, yeah, credit to Lorient and Ripoll for making the changes that needed to be done because this team, if, if, it, if it wasn't going to happen, they were going to be bottom. Let's be honest. They, they really struggled at the start of the season. And uh, credit to them for turning it around. But we'll head, head on to the league and medley. And, and, and we will talk about that Marseille-Nantes game and, and not have you a little bit worried, Philip. They took the lead on, uh, with Emiliano Salas' uh, little stab but. After that, it was one-way traffic, wasn't it, really? Yeah, even though the penalty was, uh, was quite harsh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a penalty. It's, I think, yeah. But it yeah, cannot be given. Yes, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be the end of the world uh, scandal, or shall we say, if uh, the referee hadn't, blown, hadn't pointed to the spot. <laughs> I'll leave that for you to say. I, I would yeah, say to, to, to me, to to me, it is between two uh, two quite ordinary, ordinary sides. But uh, at least Marseille have uh, something about them. They have uh, talent up front. Uh, Gomez can score the goals. Tuva and Cabela are not bad players, um, and uh, so isn't uh, Clinton Clinton Energy and uh, Sar. You, I've also been quite impressed with Zambo in Anguissa. I'm talking about generally, I'm not talking about uh, last night. 
Um, but uh, to, to me, not. Not. Uh, I just. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure where they're going. It was. It was completely predictable as well. They finished two two seasons, two full seasons, two seasons in a row. Sorry, they finished with the worst attack in the league, which is saying something. They still finished 13th or 14th or something like that. Then they get René Girard, who's not particularly uh, renowned for his uh, attacking sense. And he plays an extremely complicated formation. Still plays a 4-4-2, a diamond check 4-4-2. And you need, you need a, a, a real genius player to play in that, in that hole, like, uh, you know, Puyel and, and Ben Arthur. Um, and uh, it's, not, it's, it's not to ask for, for young uh, Amin Arit. I mean, he's, he, yes, he did play very well this, this summer in, um, in, in uh, the, youth, the youth tournament. But, uh, come on, this is, this is hard. This is very hard on the, on the guy. So yeah, I, I just I'm not I'm really not surprised by the result. Mind you, I wouldn't have been surprised by uh, by one one, but it's just um, yeah, it's just not not surprising at all. Between one side that has um, a true goal scorer, an experienced goal scorer, and uh, the other side who has uh, very very a uh, lot of difficulty of putting the ball in the back of the net, and they did miss a penalty against Etienne as well. So they did play against Saint-Étienne, I think, for more than a half. I think it was probably for three quarters of the games they played against 10-man Saint-Étienne. They had a penalty, they didn't score it, and then they couldn't score afterwards. And it's not surprising. No, so it's it, extremely, you know, extremely negative all around. And I just can't see, uh, I just can't see uh, René Girard lasting the whole season. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a crazy game, that game. We mentioned it in midweek. That <laughs> not failing to score... Um, it was the 16th minute Malqui was sent off, so they played the most of the game. Peran was injured before 20 minutes, so was um, um, Pogba. They both were taken off because of injuries, so they're missing their two main centre-backs. They had a right-back who replaced one of them, sent off as well, and they still couldn't score for 80-odd minutes, which... Uh, should tell you all you need to know, really. And and mm. Lucas, I think Sala looked as surprised as as everyone else that he'd scored that goal. But let's talk about Marseille. That Gomi took he took a few chances to score, but um, they look quite interesting in attacking areas, and they've got talent there, haven't they? They've got actually a lot of talent, and they've got players that on their day can perform extremely well. I think Gomi is a great signing for them. He's been very good so far. And I think Cabela and Tovan, when they're on their day, they can run a game. But when they're not playing well and they're out of form, they look like they're not on the field. And I think if the manager of Marseille, I'm not a Passi or whoever else maybe, some, maybe replaces him, can get the best out of Cabela and Tovan, I think they can become a good, maybe not a great, but a good team in Liga and maybe start rebuilding. But it all depends on getting the best out of those two. Mm. And, and an interesting quote, quote from uh, Tovan this week. He wants to become the Francesco Totti of Marseille. Um, I'd, I'd possibly take those words with a pinch of salt given his career. Of, um, yeah, plus it's, it's, it's too late because he's already, he's already played for someone else. <laughs> yeah. So it just can't it just can't become the Francesco Totti of Marseille. I mean, it's great, you know, to show that kind of ambition, but 
it's just not going to happen. It, it might be more of a statement that he might play until he's 40. <laughs> that might be maybe yeah. what he means, but uh, yeah, he's not quite got the point there, has he? But um, let's let's talk about another interesting fixture, and that's um, Leves 3-1. Ah, good. It's Leo. <laughs> Are you, I'm assuming you're very prepared for this one, Philip. Um, no, not at all. All right. <laughs> Leo... Are now bottom of the table. They've not won in the last. In fact, they've lost their last four games. What is going on? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I honestly have no idea. I haven't watched them uh, all that much uh, this uh, this season. I just don't get it. Um, I really, really don't. I'm not going to uh, to lie and make up just make up stuff. Um, I think the squad is uh, decent. Uh, players are obviously not uh, not performing for some for some reason. Antonetti is a, a good coach. The formation he's playing is not difficult. Um, maybe Eder was walking on water last season and playing good football, and he was playing good football. And yeah, he did he did win his country the European Cup. Um, but um, may, maybe he's uh, he's he's uh, going through a dry spell. Maybe he's not he's not a great uh, uh, great. Uh, Score when you uh, when you need him type of uh, type of guy, but uh, yeah, just uh, maybe you'll uh, you uh, you guys will be able to answer this better than me because I don't see much uh, much weaknesses in this in this squad, and uh, I think something something must be going on uh, behind the scenes because this just does not fit to me. Well, I I can fill some of the gaps here because I, I, I did watch most of this game and. All right. <laughs> I think my side should say say it all, but Lille Lille actually were quite good for the first half an hour, forty five yeah. minutes. In all honesty, they were creating chances. Eddie, it was nil nil after an hour. Yeah, yeah. And they, they they missed some really good chances, and then Frank Berrier gets himself sent off in the most ridiculous way. It's it's just before half time. Yeah, it's a second booking, and it's it's around the halfway line, and, and the ball's played across the field about sixty yards. Mm. To um to uh, Monipake, and he jumps up with his hand in the air and clearly bats this ball away on mm. a booking. He's received this booking about five minutes before then, in the middle of nowhere on the at the halfway line where there's no pressure, no no worry, no danger at all, and he he's playing volleyball and I, it's the most uh, okay. You can make unexplainable. Yeah. yeah. He's 33. I was going to say he's a young player, but he's, uh, Frank Barry's 33. No, he's been there for that? ages. Yeah. What, what is he doing? I, 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 it's unexplainably sent off. For, for, it's I almost should, like it, it maybe smelled a little bit. He wanted an early bath. I, I have no <laughs> idea why he decided to do it. Actually, talk, talking about a one-man club, maybe Frank Barry has a, has a bet with himself of becoming the Francesco Totti of Lille. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure about that unless they're going to they're going to set up a handball team who might not be that useful but good grief um, and then yes Sentetien aren't the most virile of attacking teams but Berry mm. scores a really great goal where he holds off uh, Civelli and mm. from then on the writing's on the wall I mean they get a consolation through um, Civelli himself which is bundled somehow into the goal but yeah. they are on thin ice, very thin ice, I think, especially Antonetti, because they, I don't get it. This team it shouldn't shouldn't be where they are at all. No. They've got too many good players. Yeah. Ronnie Lopez, Nicola de Preville, Adair, uh, Mavuba. You go through Inyama and Gol Koshia, we say should be in the France squad. It doesn't. It doesn't even sound like they have any bad players on yeah. on on paper. That is, yeah. Sankari is yeah. Well, 
I, I had a nice good rant about that last of the week. But yes, Lucas, carry on. Sorry. You look at their lineup and you see a team that should at least be finishing the table in Liga. Yeah. The, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk no. about Satatien briefly, uh, for, um, uh, Lucas. And, and, and yes, it's maybe a, a fortuitous win against a, a poor side. But they've now... They've not lost in, I think, I'm just having a look here. It's about it's eight games since they've lost in all competitions, which includes playoffs. There's only lost one game this season. That's a reasonably good start for a team that are fighting on two fronts and, and usually a little bit um, inept from in Europe sometimes. It's a very good start. And I think now is a real test for them because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. And I think bringing Robert Berich into the, the lineup, he's scored a Beautiful goal against um, Lille and he equalized against PSG and he's been on good form lately. The only thing I worry about them is going farther into the season is do they have a striker who can score more than 10 goals this season? Because I think they've got a solid squad, but I'm just not sure they have a goal scorer capable of carrying them. It's the perfect question, isn't it? Can Berich be that man? Because he obviously was injured for a long time last season. If he can, then mm, they might be able to do something, but it's a lot on one's shoulders. But one final game we want to mention today, and that's that's Monaco versus Angers. And it was a little bit of the get-out-of-jail-free card. I mean, Angers went a- ahead, in quotation marks, when Carlo Toko Ikembe scored, but the goal was given for offside for Diedu. Diedu then scores himself, and a Camo Glick header, and then a... Another camo glick header that comes off the post and then hits the the player who gave away the free kick, ironically, um, into the goal, and they manage the two one win, even though they hold on by the skin of the teeth at the end. Philip, is that just mm-hmm. the kind of win Monaco need, especially with a Champions League game in midweek? Well, yeah, it is, um, unlike unlike what uh, what you did, but <laughs> you know they did get demolished uh, in midweek. So they really needed to be uh, uh, very, um, very careful not to uh, do anything stupid, like you know, getting a red card or something, something like that. Um, and um, they knew they were against a, a very rough side. I mean, scoring against Angers, even this season, where they they're probably not as uh, as solid or as motivated uh, than than last season, is is quite difficult. I'm not really um, surprised that uh, both Monaco's goals come. Uh, Came from uh, from set pieces, so Kamidlik showing uh, his uh, his money's worth. He was uh, extraordinary in uh, at the Euros. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it is it is quite good for for Monaco to uh, to get that kind of result against that kind of uh, opponent. Again, it shows it shows resilience and it shows that uh, the players are not happy to have been beaten four uh, nil at Nice. Uh, and uh, that it wasn't it wasn't impressive. Uh, let's let's be honest. Um, but it it does mean that uh, the players wanted to uh, to respond, and they did. So fair play to them. When it keeps their new. Were they playing on playing T- tomorrow? Uh, They're playing by Leverkusen tomorrow. That won't be easy. Yeah, it's a very big game for for that group, especially. Yeah. That's a very big game, and it's at home. Yes, it is. Yeah, they played at yeah. um, Tottenham away, wasn't it, in the first leg? So yes, it's at home. Mm. But uh, it keeps them in touching distance from these. They're just a point behind them. So it, it was it, it was another important result for them, and to get back on the horse after what was a relatively inept performance at the Allianz Riviera in midweek. 
Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's it's three points, and I think Leonardo Jardim will walk away from this game saying, you know, we didn't play great, but we got the three points, and that's the most important thing because I think against Nice, the scoreline was made it look like they were destroyed, and I, I mean, they were obviously the worst team, but I don't think they deserve to lose four nil, and I think if they'd lost against Angers, it would have been a, it could have started a spiral. And getting the three points and getting the result after such a drubbing in the midweek is a big result. Uh, do, and Philip, do you th- still think they're title contenders on their current form and their current squad, or do you think they might ebb away again? They might, sorry. Uh, ebb away again, sorry, f- fall away. Okay. Um, no, I think it's, pretty, it's, it's got a pretty good shot for, for second. It all depends on PSG, really. I mean, it really doesn't depend on, on Monaco. I think Monaco can do this uh, for ages and decades, you know, just uh, play, playing uh, against, uh, against defense, defensive-minded uh, sides and uh, still getting, uh, getting maximum points, or at least trying to get maximum points. Um, but it just uh, depends on uh, who will uh, be adventurous enough to uh, wanting to get the three points, because we we know that Jardim can play can play the nil nil, you know, no um, no problem at all. But no, uh, yeah, we can they'll be up there, no problem. They've got they've got squad depth. They've got a lot of squad depth. Yeah, and, and getting those wins at this time of the year while other teams are slipping up, it's very important. But I do I do want to give a little nod to Andre who were pretty good in this game. I don't think they'd actually deserve to lose. It's such a harsh decision on the, what should have been the opening goal. I mean, Farmadia do is maybe a toe offside if you're pushing it. And it's, it's fair play. They didn't let that knock them and they did go in front, but there's a couple of unlucky goals. Maybe the free kick's a little bit harsh as well that leads to Monaco's winner. Uh, but Carla Toko Kambe is a player we should be keeping an eye on because he's since he's joined RJ this summer, he's really played pretty, pretty well for my for my money, and and he played really well in this game. Especially, he's, he sh- he should have got a goal. He set up the goal that ended up happening. He scored two already this season. Um, he's really started really well for them, and you, they need that kind of player. After you know, they started the season a little bit middlingly. They need a couple more goals. He can be the man to do it for me as well as hopefully Diadu. Now he's got his second goal as well. Hopefully, he can kick on for them as well. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. My thanks to Philip, Lucas, and to all of you listening at home. Uh, Join us for the preview show on Thursday, hosted by the returning Eric Devin. But remember to tune in to the main show at the same time, same place, next week. Abianto, and goodbye.